Welcome back into the Fight Pit. We have got an exciting one for you today. We are joined by Karate Combat Heavyweight Champion of the World, Smiling Sam Alvey. We have got an exciting conversation coming up on the house call. Welcome back into the Fight Pit. My name is Kyle. I am joined by Rob, Drew, and Gage, and a very special guest. We have got the Karate Combat 205-pound heavyweight champion of the world, Smiling Sam Alvey. Yes, that's Smiling Sam Alvey, the one you know and love from the UFC and Bellator and all of your favorite fights. Before we get to this amazing interview, I do have to shout out our awesome sponsor at Pillow Fight. Look, if you're like me, you need the right pillow to fall asleep. Luckily, Pillow Fight is that right pillow. We are talking the difference between tossing and turning and sleeping like you just got hit by a Sam Alvey right hook. So get yourself to Pillow Fight. Use the link in our description to save yourself even more money. And thank you to Pillow Fight for sponsoring this episode now. Mr. Alvey, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, I've got to ask right off the bat, coming off of that championship victory, how are we feeling going into the holidays? You're a world champ, brother. You know, that part feels good. However, I got so sick immediately after the fight. I spent most of last week just li lined up in bed. Um, oh, my gosh. I, I got you out and Ross. Christmas, but Christmas is about the first day I was able to do anything. I feel like there was a flu in there over there because Ross like <laughs> Ross got sick too. Yeah, he was, we on, he was on. He was on here. We were talking in the hospital. Sorry, my kids are making all the noise. Uh, we were talking in the hospital room afterwards, and I said, "Man, I woke up this morning, the morning of the fight, said, and I just coughed. I couldn't get a full breath." And he said, "Yeah, man, maybe, he, he was thinking maybe it was because of the um, uh, the smoke in the air. We were in a casino." So he was thinking maybe it was because of that. Yeah, maybe. But then I just got sicker and sicker as the, the week went on. How's the body feeling? Obviously, that was a lot of damage. You just talked about meeting Ross in the hospital. How has the recovery been? Uh, everything's going well. My, my hands, I broke my hand in the second or third round. Uh, so that's still, it should be wrapped up, but I just took it off the dish. Uh, and so I'm going to wrap it back up here in a minute. But um, yeah, other than that, everything else feels great. Uh, speaking of the Ross Levine fight, what did preparing for him look like? Did we bring in a lot of middleweights during that, you know, during those sparring sessions during camp? How did you kind of prepare for a lighter, faster guy? Yeah, no, I had to go lighter than middleweight. I, I was looking at 55, 70 or most of my camp. I, I just had to match his speed as best I could. I knew I was going to be slower than him. I'm slower than everybody. It's the story of my career. Uh, and so I did. <laughs> I had to bring in a bunch of guys that, that may not hit as hard, but can throw stuff as fast as they can. And so I, that, that was kind of my game plan is I had to find a way to, to slow him down. And so I practiced a lot with guys that were, were fast like him, but smaller. I mean, you had a great game plan utilizing the side of the pit, making sure you used your weight, tiring him out, dragging it, dragging it into those later rounds. Uh, Rob, I'm going to throw it to you next. What do you got for Smiling Sam? So, yeah, uh, just to compound off that question, what did you find that was so hard about uh, fighting Ross? Well, right off the bat, he, he's able to throw those kicks with no setup, with no switch. You know, traditional Muay Thai, there's always a switch. Very rarely will they throw with just that lead leg. And he was he's always been capable of doing it. So all the fight footage I've watched, even when I was watching the footage of him um, um, point sparring, he did a lot of lead leg kind of kicks where he could throw it up from, you know, for a clinch, he can get that leg over my shoulder. And so just trying to be ready to block the kicks from close range what well, was something I, I had to kind of pick up on the fly. And and then I know this is not really, it's kind of like a question that's like not out there, but wh what is it that, um, 
Why did you choose Karate Combat as opposed to like maybe PFL or One Championship? Uh, be, oh, because Karate Combat had people that would fight me. Over the past year, I had tried to fight everywhere. I BKFC, a bunch of cowards. Uh, they, they jerked me around for most of the year. The bare knuckle dudes over in Russia, a bunch of cowards. They jerked me around for most of the year. I, I, I couldn't find anybody willing to fight me, which is my, my one MMA fight prior to Karate Combat. I had to fight at true heavyweight. I fought a guy who was 275 pounds um, because I couldn't find anyone even close to my size of willing to fight. So I reached out to Karate Combat after after finding him. Um, my buddy, um, the GOAT, um, um, the, the 170. John Jones. No, uh, he's Karate Combat guy. He, he, was, he fought just before me. Raymond Daniels. Raymond Daniels, he's been a buddy of mine for years. I saw him post, hey, fight tonight. And this is like back in May. And uh, so I, I said, I'll tune in. I tuned in and watched it, and the whole card was just so much fun. It was just such a faster-paced way of fighting. Uh, I just kind of fell in love with it, and I haven't missed a card yet. I watched their whole uh, Kumate with the amateurs turning into pros. I watched I watched everything I could on Karate Combat since late April, early May, and I've had just a blast watching them. So when they agreed to have me in, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take you. Because I had... Most people don't know, but I started in karate. My first four years were in a karate dojo. And then once I moved out to, to California, trained with Dan Henderson. Tarek Safadine was one of my main training partners and coaches. And he's a black belt in both taekwondo and uh, kyokushin karate. How far did you make it into karate as far as like the, the belt? I, I it, it was so long ago. I, I really, as soon as MMA became a thing, all the karate I did wasn't to belt. It was to get ready for the next fight. So I, I was a green belt in uh, Kobido, which is weapons. Uh, but as soon as I started fighting, every training, every karate lesson, everything I did was to get ready for, for the next fight. Was it difficult to learn the new rules? Of the hard part was I didn't know the sixth round was coming. I thought I had won the fight already. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought the extra round was only for non-title fights. And then, so I, if you watch the fight, you know, the round, the round five ended, I raised my hands, I'm celebrating, I'm pointing at the crowd, I'm doing everything. I kind of get up there, I put my mouth guard down, I'm, you know, cheering, looking at cameras. I said, right, Sam, you got to get back out. I said, like, what? Said, you got to get back out. Apparently it was a draw or a split or something. I said, oh, all right. So I put the mouth guard back in and went, went down and fought the last round. So that was the only one that really got me. Everything else was easy enough to adapt to. I know that you called out Darren Till after the fight. Is that someone that you're really like eyeballing for the next fight? So the question I get in all these interviews more than anything else is, who do I wish I could have fought? Who do, who's my the guy I want? And my answer has always been Michael Bisping. I've just always Dan Henderson is a coach of mine. I've sparred with Bisping a couple times. I like him as a commentator. He's always been a good dude. Um, so I've always wanted to test myself on him. That's not going to happen. So who's the next best UK fighter out there? It, other than Leon Edwards, <laughs> it's Darren Till. So Darren Till's been on my list. And years ago, I fought over in Poland. A uh, huge weight cut for me. It was a short notice fight. Went over there and I lost. Uh, Darren Till beat Cowboy Cerrone. And backstage, you know, we made it back to the hotel. Every he's celebrating because he won. I'm pouting because I lost. He came up and talked to me just hey, four or five minutes. Just like, it's okay. You know, this this stuff happens. You're gonna pick yourself up. He was just very kind to me. I've always been a guy that says, I want to fight my friends. I don't want to fight people I don't like. I'm going to make money. The guy I'm fighting is going to make money. Might as well be with someone I like. Since that moment, I have always liked Darren Till. I've always rooted for him. I've always been a big fan of his career. So if he, if he, he accepts the fighter, if Karate Combat can make it happen, I'm all in. You pouting. 
Why do I found I, unless there's some kind of sources that can prove that? I, I completely <laughs> I don't believe you. But, Smiling um, Sam with a pout. It just exactly. Pout, right? <laughs> yeah, you might as well add that to the end of it. But uh, Drew, you got anything, brother? <clears throat> Smiling Sam, Alvy, my man. Oh, it's so good to talk to you, man. Uh, I. I don't know if you recall, I run the High Fight IQ Instagram page. You and I were messaging, video messaging with each other back before when you were contemplating. Uh, I think you did a post saying, would anybody like to see me do karate combat? Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent you a message saying, I didn't even know that you knew karate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you messaged me back uh, explaining, you know, uh, your background with karate Um leading up to training with uh, Dan Henderson's gym. Because being a Hendo guy, I had always assumed that you were uh, a wrestler turned, you know, knockout puncher. So the thought of Sam Alvey doing karate combat was like, just, it's like Christmas. Christmas came early. Um, Fast forward to uh, however long ago that was to now, how does it feel to go from, just sitting contemplating is karate combat something I should do to now being the heavyweight champion in less than maybe six months, uh, less than a calendar year. How does it feel? You know, it's funny. I was looking back through some of my old tweets and before I was signed with the, with karate combat, I had a tweet out there saying by this time in 2024, I will be the karate combat champion. And I, I, I tweeted that I put it out there into the, the ethosphere. And, um, lo and behold, it only took about six months. I didn't even make it to 2024. Uh, now I'll just hold on to this title until this time, 2024, and uh, I'll be able to to celebrate what this has done for my career, what this has done for me as a fighter, and what this has done for the future of Smiling Sam. I, I am so excited to be in this organization, headlining this organization. I'm trying to be the Mike Perry of Karate Combat. Uh, I I, I want to be the face of this organization. I want people to when they think of karate combat, I want them to think of me. So everything I'm doing from here on out is to make myself as big and well-known in the karate ethosphere atmosphere as, as I can be. I have two more questions for you. One of them, uh, obviously we are big fans of you and big fans of Ross Levine. It was, uh, you know, it's always tough when you have two people that you like going up against each other. But like you said, you know, it is a payday for both of you. It is exposure for both of you. It keeps you both active, keeps you both in the headlines um so at the end of the day you know it is something that we that we do gotta kind of bite the bullet on seeing somebody that we like uh lose but uh when you were competing against ross levine in that fight uh your your game plan uh something that worked well for you was the five seconds on the ground being able to do as much damage as you could in that five seconds while he was grounded. Was that something that you had planned on doing or was it just kind of on the fly? Like, Oh shit, this worked. I'm going to keep doing this. I, it was hundred percent part of my plan. I, I know for, I mean, I've got over 80 fights. Most of them have been in MMA as much as I do consider myself a karate fighter. My experience hasn't shown it, but what it has shown and what I've been able to practice more than probably any karate in the world is how to ground and pound. Uh, karate, the, the whole system is set up on, on outside of karate combat is set up on point fighting. You want to be faster than the other person. You want to make contact. You want to be able to get in and get out without getting touched. Uh, with MMA, it's not quite the same. You want to hit them hard. There, there is a, a, a certain skill to outpointing someone in MMA, but you don't make fans doing that. In MMA, if you want to get a hold of them, throw them down and punish them. Uh, and I have spent my entire career doing just that. I'm very rarely on the bottom. Uh, most of the time on top, being able to rain down. 
And I, I'm not a big ground guy because it's the boring part of any fight, which is one of the reasons I love karate combat. I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm almost a black belt. And jiu-jitsu is so boring. Right. <laughs> oh, hey, even the jiu-jitsu nuts, it's the, the part of the MMA fight nobody wants to see. It's like, oh, he's doing something. Uh, it's, it's just a boring part. But hitting people from top, going down, people love to see it. It has always been a special team of mine. And I know I am better at that than just about any karate in the world. Yeah, that nuke you did where you basically... <laughs> it's like, I, I think it's on Casey's Instagram where they did like a... When you drop down like an explosion happened. I, I don't know how many times I watched that. I can't confirm that. That that was... I'm talking about Bisping. Dan Henderson did that to Michael Bisping. And then I've been able to, to replicate it ever so slightly. Oh, man. He dropped the H-bomb. I dropped the A-bomb. Yes, sir. I love that. The A-bomb. That sets me up for my final question. The man. I'm an old school fan. I'm, I am I just turned 35. I've been watching for a long ass time. My two top favorite MMA fighters of all time. Tied for first. Nick Diaz and the man Dan Henderson. Yeah. I have to, while I have the chance, <laughs> I need to ask favorite, uh, you know, Favorite Dan Henderson story, favorite Dan Henderson memory that you have that you are able, you know, of course, I know the kind of guy that, you know, that Dan Henderson can be, uh, that you're able to share. What, what's your favorite Hendo story? So it would have been New Year's three or four years ago. And say, so I, I love TikTok. As evil a corporation as it is, I love TikTok. So three or four years ago, Dan Henderson was at a, um, I was at his house for his annual New Year's party or Christmas party, and her, his daughter's boyfriend was in there. He said, hey, Hendo, I want you to, can you give me one leg kick? Well, and they were both just drunk. Said, oh. Okay, I'll give you a leg kick. And so we get the cameras out, we're filming this, and uh, <laughs> well, one of my buddies goes, hit him with the muscle, aim at the muscle, not the knee. So, yeah, whatever. Hendo hit nothing but knee. Like, <laughs> Hendo just about crippled this kid. And I, I filmed it. Uh, I put it up on TikTok, and it is—I think—it's one of my favorite and one of my linked uh, clips up there. Uh, he just crippled this kid with just one kick, and it, I mean, the room exploded. My TikTok, my TikTok, it's kind of where I got TikTok famous was off that kick. Um, oh my! <laughs> it just—it went around the world. That that one video went to uh, every MMA website, every fun thing, every—it went around the world. And uh, I just, and the kid was fine. I say kid, he was, I don't know, 20 something. He, he was fine. He was at the gym the next day. He was like, not a bruise on him. So Hendo didn't even do that much damage except make him limp the rest of the night. But, uh, <laughs> I, everybody that saw this photo was like, oh my God, Hendo's such a dick. I can't believe he would do that. Why would anyone? The kid was fine. He, I mean, he was walking around the next day and it was, it was his daughter's boyfriend. That's dad. That's, yeah. That, you got to expect that. Um, so when we were talking to Ross last week, um, he said you may have broken something in your hand during that fight. How's that healing up and how are you going forward with all that? It's going. It's, it should be wrapped. I just unwrapped it because I'm <laughs> I'm tougher than I am smart. Uh, I, I got to go wrap it up again. No, it's just before the A-bomb is I dropped him with that one. And then I, as a, I'm pretty sure that's the punch that, that broke my hand. So it was early in the third. Uh, and then I stalked him down and dropped the, the, you know, the bomb right after, but, um, it was, I, I felt it right away, but it wasn't going to stop me from throwing it. I, I'll worry about the, the aftermath after. So when we're talking to Ross again, he said, if there was an opportunity to go round two with you, he would love to do it. Is that something that you also love to entertain, try to get back in the pit with Ross? 
I have never said no to a, to a fight. I hate rematches. Same thing uh, he said. Yeah, I only have so many fights I'm ever going to do. At some point, will be my last fight. I don't want to waste every fight. You know, the, a fight on the same guy. Um, but that being said, I've never said no to a fight. Every every fight that has been offered, I've said yes to. It. And a lot of them have been terrible fights. I should have said no to, but it's not in me. So I, I if I would I would absolutely fight him again, but it's not a fight I would be looking for. And I just have one more question before we wrap this up and get out of here. Let's say Karate Combat comes to you and says, Sam, we're adding a super heavyweight division. Can we see super smiling Sam? I'm out? in. Now, who am I going to fight? Who's that Chet, Chet Loganwood? Yes. That, that, oh I'll God. take Chet. I'll take him. He, he's, there we he's go. There we go. Super yeah. smiling Sam and Chet for the super. <laughs> Just bring Brock Lesnar back to get knocked out. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> bring him in. I'll, I'll take the two. I'll be the first two to a uh, division champion. Yeah, there no go, no roids allowed, Brock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! I can't thank you enough for joining us. That is, you know, all the time we've got for you for today. If you want to give any shout outs, now is your chance, sir. Hey, just follow me on Smiling Sam. I'm trying to grow my YouTube like you guys have already done. Uh, it's Smiling Sam on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whole nine yards. Um, yeah, give me a follow. We're having a good time with that. I, I sparred Sean Strickland leading up to this fight. I filmed it all. I'm going to be posting yeah. it in a few days. Let's go. Check it all out on Smiling Sam on all your social media platforms. This has been the Fight Pit. That's Drew. That's Rob. That's Gage. My name is Kyle. It has been so great hanging out with y'all. Until the next one, we will see you later. Let's go. Was hurt. And let's be fair, Puka Nakua is Ooh. probably the steal Ooh. of the draft. That Ooh. that guy yeah.